You're listening to College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Welcome to College Hockey Southwest Weekly, brought to you by Boost Mobile, where you never need a service contract and every plan comes with your own mobile hotspot and 99% nationwide coverage. Buy summer skates, personalized shower shoes or koozies for yourself or the entire team. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and order yours today. Buy OxyPow, our chemical-free line of cleaning products gets the funk out of your equipment or office. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Whether it's the Jive Chicken Sandwich or the Double Brisket, we are the best in barbecue Las Vegas style. Buy M-Drive. You're not too old. Go to mdriveformen.com for all of your men's health needs, from multivitamins to workout recovery. M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. UNLV Hockey. Play ACHA Division I in Hockey Mad Las Vegas. By Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com. No one knows goalie and their equipment better than we do. Caesars Resorts and Casinos. An iconic vacation awaits you no matter which Caesars Resort. You make your destination. And by the NCHC and NCHC.tv. Subscribe to watch all of the action of the league's eight teams, home of College Hockey Champions. College Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the IceTimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right. Welcome in, hockey fans. This is College Hockey Southwest Weekly, our weekly college hockey show that tends to the NCAA part of college hockey here at the IceTimeHockeySouthwest.com and ITHSW podcast. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. My co-host as always, Paul Hornstein, out on beautiful Long Island, New York. Paul, how are you tonight? Well, it was beautiful for most of the day. <laughs> well, I hope it was the best part of the day and you had a chance to get out of that beach of yours. Uh, well, hopefully on Thursday. Okay. And it's not mine. I don't own it. <laughs> I'm not you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just threw it in there to see if it would catch you. But no. uh, Okay. So the big news of the day today is twofold. Number one, this is season three for us. So Sunday night we were confused. It was season two for College Hockey Southwest Live, but season three for College Hockey Southwest Weekly. So we are starting season three three today with episode number one. It's going to be a great show. We've got a great guest scheduled to come on with us in a, about 15 minutes or so. Um, we're going to bring up that topic again, Paul. We're going to bring up Robert Morris University uh, with our guest, Brianne McLaughlin, uh, when she comes on. So um, we'll hold on to any comments until we get Brianne on. Um, mm-hmm. Then, uh, also big news today, the Arizona State Sun Devils finally have an official schedule. What? On a yeah. Tuesday? On a Tuesday. Oh, my God. I, I, I thought for Shacklet, sure when I saw that Paige this was Shacklet, a Wednesday. you are the queen. You are the queen of, of yes. hockey now, uh, if, Paige. If, you you if have I, both Paul and I. If she could see me bowing down, I would. Uh, uh, that was I'm awesome. So, Came out on I'm a just, Tuesday. Yeah, I'm just so used to this stuff coming out on Wednesdays <laughs> and Thursdays. And not just from yeah. ASU, just in general. Everything seems to break on a Wednesday and Thursday. I know. And, and like I've explained this before many times, the reason we do this show on Tuesdays is because typically that is the media day for uh, NCAA hockey teams. Right. Um, they will they will allow their, their players and, and coaches to talk to the media, usually a day a week and then after the games, of course. 
So a Tuesday is when they normally do that. So I thought, why not have a Tuesday night show where we can get everything fresh from the coaches and players' mouths um, from that day right away? Anyway, that, that's kind of the history of how we ended up where we are. But season three, episode number one, um, let's let's talk ASU hockey first before we bring our guest on here in about 15 minutes or so. Okay. Um, All right, dude, where do you want to start? Because I can sit here and I recall a certain conversation we had, oh, I don't know, say about 48 hours ago, where the question came up, uh, where is ASU going to get the rest of those games from? You know, those top third games that you were wondering? You were wondering about those? Remember that? Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, Well, I would say at Quinnipiac and against Clarkson, and Cornell, did we have say that on on Sunday? Yeah, we did. Okay, uh, I would say Clarkson and 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 Quinnipiac, with Quinnipiac being on the road, uh, and would would qualify as those other four games that you were looking for. Uh, yeah, absolutely, it would. Absolutely, it would. Um, and then we we knew Lindenwood was going to be on the schedule as an exhibition because they're not an official NCAA uh, program yet. Oh um, gosh, we could spend the whole show on that. Yeah, now, I know, I know. Just because uh, I want, just, to, just, just to break <laughs> chops, we could spend. Forget about being serious. Just to break chops, we could spend the whole hour on that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so anyway, Lyndon, will be coming here? And then I'm also excited to see LIU coming here. Um, I only had one beef with the schedule that I saw, and it's really not even a beef. It, it's more oh, of a scheduling thing for me. Uh, the the first weekend, October second, third. The Sun Devils will host uh, UMass Lowell. Right. And when I saw that, I'm going, dang it. Now I got to make a decision because on the 30th of September, Paul, I have uh, Vegas and um, uh, the LA Kings playing right. off in a, uh, in a game up at Salt Lake City, which I thought would be really cool. Right. The day after that, also in Salt Lake City, uh, the University of Arizona opens their Who? season against Utah. Who? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Chad Berman's team. Can I say that? Chad Berman's team uh, opens against Utah. Uh, so okay. that would be an exciting – that's the very next day. And right. then I was going to take the day uh, off with air quotes and drive to Minnesota to make sure I got there in time for the October 3rd home opener for the newest team, I believe, in NCAA hockey, the St. Thomas Tommies, and they play St. Cloud State in St. Paul uh, for their first game. So now, now I'm really twisted and torn and not knowing what to do because I also want to see ASU – open their season against uh, UMass Lowell. Uh, I think the hashtag is already starting to uh, to get around about um, – how, how was that about Oceanside? Did you I see think the hashtag it's last that? ride in Oceanside. Yeah, I like that. Hashtag last I ride you, I in Oceanside. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. I, I think I'm going like to hashtag – every time we talk Sun Devil Hockey and home games, I'm going to use that. Hashtag last ride in Oceanside. <laughs> Bring it on, baby. <sighs> Bring it on. That's going to be so much fun. Okay, so when you first saw the schedule, and I know it wasn't really a secret because you had two-thirds of it and you had an estimation of who the others would be, but did it did it change your opinion on strength of schedule when you saw the official schedule today? No, not really. Yeah, I me mean, this is, this is a legit schedule. I mean, you're oh, it's, talking... It's, it's more than legit, Paul. There, there's, I mean, well, remember okay. last... Two years ago, you talked about games that you couldn't lose. Boy, there's not many games that you can afford to lose on this schedule. Well, here's obviously what what helps ASU. Okay, um, 
now with LIU and Fairbanks being independents, they could play at the end of the season. ASU doesn't have to go should they be in a position to qualify for the tournament. They don't have to wait six weeks to play. They don't have to scramble to find uh, an exhibition game six weeks uh, during a six-week period where most of the other schools are playing in conference tournaments. Exactly. So, you know what we call that? We call that great planning and learning from the past. Right. And um, and not for nothing, but uh, the, the fact of the matter is in those six games that ASU is going to play, they're going to be favored in all six of those games, even the two up in Alaska. So, I mean, you would have to wait and see how the season goes to determine whether or not you could afford a slip-up. But until you get to those last six games, I mean, holy smokes. I mean, Lowell is not is not a slouch. Then you're at Denver. Okay. Um, I, I guess Colgate and New Hampshire would be kind of those middle-of-the-road teams. Yeah, and that's what I was just going to ask you. Um, when Coach was on with us and he said, hey, I got a third really tough, I got a third middle of the road, I got a third that maybe aren't so tough, um, I, I think right now it, it's probably more more leaning about 40 45% of those games are, are really tough because where do you put – we don't know about Denver. We don't know about Bemidji State, well, uh, Clarkson, I think we do. Cornell. I mean- where do you put them? Do you put them in the middle or upper? No, those are top third games. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Like, don't you think that there's more top third games than there are middle third games? Uh, yeah, I would. I would say that that's pretty close. Um, I would sit here and say to you, uh, you can't lose to St. Thomas at home. Uh, I would say to you that. Um, uh, that you probably are going to be in a position where no matter what your record is, probably going to have to take at least five out of six of those last six games. Yeah, I, I agree. Okay. I, I agree um, with you hundred percent. Playing, playing at Mankato, uh, playing at RIT, they might be a quote unquote middle third, but an upper middle third. Yeah, see that—that's my point. I think that there's more upper thirds than there is middle thirds, if you, know, you will. At, at BU, you got you got a, <laughs> a, a stretch where you're Cornell, Cornell, two games against Cordell, two games at BU, and two games at RIT. I mean, holy holy smokes! I mean, if you're going to sit there and and do your crazy magic number thing. Oh, I'm going to. Do. I'm going to. I'm going to start looking at it a little closer. I haven't had a chance. I've been really busy today. I haven't had a chance to oh, look at I it know. closely. Well, we have but, plenty of time for but that. But I'll get season. to it. They, they don't get to. <laughs> they don't get to training camp until September. So, I but mean, we can start hashing over my my magic number theory like next week. No, uh, <laughs> I think I'll I'll pass on that. Okay. Uh, well, you know your magic number. Yeah, it's easy because I think like the coach does. The only game I'm worried about right now. Uh, which is the same one that Coach Powers is worried about, <laughs> is UMass Lowell on October 2nd. Nothing else matters. Well, like he should be. That's his job as a coach. It's my job as a media person to speculate. 
That's what I need to do. I need to, to throw it out there so people can have discussions and topics and, and rants and all that good stuff that goes on. That, that's, that's what I do. I stir the pot. Yeah, well, you try. <laughs> do you want the magic number yet? <laughs> uh, anyway, no. uh, we have too much fun, but we'll get more into detail on that in, in, in a few minutes. Um, so, so many things going on. Before we go to break, I just want to get this in there. Uh, tragic, tragic news the other day from, from the Columbus Blue Jackets, um, uh, the loss of their goaltender. Um in a, in a fireworks accident. I know you heard of it. Um, I just, uh, I just want to say it again, folks. I mean, th- this stuff is serious. It's real life. It's bigger than hockey. And when you lose somebody uh, in a way that was, I mean, uh, I just can't even imagine the trauma that that poor gentleman went through. And I'm talking about uh, Matisse. Um, I'm going to let you go ahead with the last name, Paul, if you can get it right. No, I, <laughs> I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it, honestly. Uh, but everybody knows him as number 80. You see it popping up all over. I haven't had a ch- chance to visit with Kenny McCudden yet, but I will. I know Kenny with the Blue Jackets has, has been close to him. So um, thoughts and prayers go with Matisse. Um, Nivellenix or something like that is how you pronounce the last name, I believe. But um, from all indications, just a great, great young hockey player, goaltender who, uh, who left us far too early. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Okay, let's take a quick break, and let's come back, and let's talk some Robert Morris hockey and see if we can get this whole thing figured out and, uh, and get Robert Morris back on the ice again sooner rather than later. Yeah, our guest we'll- is trying to log in, so we're going to try and get this figured out. Okay, we'll get back to it in about three or four minutes. Stick with us, folks. Thrilled to have you with us. The nation's top teams. America's number one conference is back. See every play, every hit, every goal on nchc.tv. Your home for more than 100 live games. Stream anywhere from the start of the season leading up to the frozen face-off. If it's NCHC hockey, it's on nchc.tv. Hi everybody, this is Jay from OxyPal. You probably know our products for being used on your gear to eliminate the odor and bacteria from your sports gear and and your gym and all that stuff. Um, In in light of current events, uh, we have uh, switched up and added a new product to our production line. It's called our Have a Nice Day Hand Sanitizer. Um, It is exclusively for use on your skin, whereas our other uh, products have been exclusively for use on your fabrics and, and, and gear. Uh, this product is available here at my shop. It's available on my website at www.oxypow.com. And you can pick it up or we can ship it to you anywhere in the United States. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. All right, still got it. Still got it. Who's old now? (laughs) 
If you live in the Valley, you know that there is no shortage of great Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burritos served all day to combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to burritoexpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. You're listening to College Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans. This is College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein on a beautiful Long Island, New York. And um, if you've been following college hockey uh, for the last, I don't know, four or five months, uh, you've seen a lot of things coming out of the pandemic. Um, one of the things was what happened at Robert Morris and the uh, disillusion of their uh, dissolution of their uh, hockey program uh, rather suddenly. So Paul and I have been talking. We've uh, we've worked with um, the folks down at uh, Birmingham and uh, or outside of Birmingham, but um, Huntsville. Huntsville. Yeah. And we work with Alaska, and we thought, you know what, it's time to, to dig into this Robert Morris thing and find out. So let's go to Pittsburgh and find out. Um, Brianne McLaughlin is with us. Brianne, you got Scott and Paul with you. Before we go any farther, tell us about this foundation that you guys have started and and let's get going into uh, what we're going to do to save Robert Morris hockey. Hi, guys. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, you hear, you're fine. Loud and clear. Perfect. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, it's been a little bit of a crazy what, month and a half. But um, we're still, as you, you might know, my husband was the associate head coach there at Robert Morris for the last 11 years. And uh, he actually just took a, a new job with the Pittsburgh Penguins like, two months before this happened. So mm-hmm. it was kind of a nice timing on our end, but we're both very, very connected with both of the programs. He started the very first team in 04. And then I started the very first team on the women's side in 05. And then we both coached for, uh, he coached for the women and I coached for the women and then and actually ended up coaching for the men the last two years as well, being their goalie coach. So very, very connected in both of the programs. And when this happened, we're, we're still close with all the players and, you know, they wanted a fight as did the rest of us alumni. So I think the easiest way to go about that was to start this foundation so we can start, you know, taking some pledges and um, any kind of donations, things like that. And, and any kind of help the kids needed in this fight that we could help them along um, in the process. Now for those that uh, have not been following it, uh, closely because maybe they're not associated with the school or, or um, people need to know that this decision to end the program came out of nowhere, correct? Yeah. Yeah, the girls actually, they just uh, made an NCAA appearance. They won their league championship, and they all got text messages saying, you know, you have to be on the Zoom call at, you know, whatever it was, 2 o'clock. And so they thought they were being showed their championship rings. So they were all excited for this phone call and they hop on this phone call and some of them were on it. Some of them weren't. And they're told that the programs are done and the rest of them had to fill in the ones that weren't on the phone call that, you know, the programs have been ended and it was, it was a mess. 
Uh, Brianna, I can barely, uh, I can barely imagine uh, what that would be like. I mean, we've seen it happen in different places, and and Paul and I in the podcast over the uh, pandemic, sixteen months or whatever it's been, um, we've talked to a lot of different hockey people, and a lot of them right away were scared that the the pandemic might eliminate teams, and then all of a sudden, LIU jumps up with a men's program, and and talk of other places coming on, and we go, hey, may, maybe NCAA hockey has survived this. Um, any indication at what, what led to this? Because I think that's what most people want to know is how could it happen so quickly and, and were there any indications at all that this might be the, the turn of events? We had no idea. Um, like I said, my husband just taking that job, everybody thought that we maybe saw something coming and we left, but it, <laughs> we definitely did not. Um, both of the programs have been extremely successful, so it definitely was not a lack of you know, success, wins, losses, anything like that. Um, what I guess what we were confused about when it first came out um, was the reasoning. You know, um, my husband was one of the first ones to know, and he called, and um, I kind of had your guys' reaction was like, you know, Logan, this is <laughs> – the world has been ending for a year now. <laughs> like, thing, people are struggling, and I was hockey's expensive – it's we didn't it's not like we didn't see this coming from a financial standpoint like it's got that's got to be the reason and um but then in the article that they released saying that both of the programs were done it also mentioned that they were ahead of schedule for fundraising so that kind of left us all scratching our heads like what then what is the reasoning if we're if we're there and on point and ahead of schedule for financial reasons and we've been successful and we're successful in the classroom in the community then then what was the answer and I don't think we've really necessarily gotten that so far has uh, we know that they had a press um, I hate to use the word press conference because it doesn't sound much like that's what it was it sounded more like uh this is the president of the university and I'm going to tell you what the deal is and no one's going to be able to ask questions. Um, has he spoken publicly to anyone or anything since that quote unquote press conference? He did later on that day. Uh, he had both of the men's and women's programs um, on a zoom call again, where they were supposed to have maybe like 45 minutes to be able to ask him questions. And, you know, a lot of it was just venting. <laughs> um, but I think he gave him maybe like 30 minutes and then the uh, athletic director stayed on for the remainder of the time and tried to ask or answer as many questions as possible. But that was a, you know, a closed conversation. So from talking from the players, I don't know if, I mean, I don't know if there is an answer that was going to be acceptable in their minds anyways, but it didn't sound like they got much of an answer there either. Right. Now, am I also misinterpreting it by saying that the athletic director was not in favor of this? Or at least kind he came of, off that way? Yeah, that's kind of what um, – I have not spoken to the athletic director – um, but that's kind of what it sounded like that he was, he was aware of it sooner than the coaches were, but not, you know, he wasn't a part of it, a part of the decision. 
that's what I've collected or some, you know. Okay. And by the way, we know there may be a question we asked that you can't answer, Brianne. So we understand that. Yeah, you no, know, that's from a fine. political standpoint. I actually, I just, yeah, uh, I'll answer them as best as I can. But from what I've heard, I'm, I've heard exactly what you guys said, that he was not involved in this at all. Okay, so, Brian, I, I was at Pittsburgh, um, went by Robert Morris University uh, for the Frozen Four. It was strange because you guys were hosting it, and yet there were no fans to speak of, and uh, everything was still kind of getting out of the pandemic at that point. Um, I felt fortunate to be there and to be in the building, but um, I was going like, man, what a great city, what a great hockey city this is, and to have this news break. And I think Paul and I were both stunned at the fact that just how quickly it happened. Um, you know, there were things going on with, uh, with Huntsville. There were things going on with Alaska where we kind of knew that maybe there were some financial issues or conferences, but gosh, Robert Morris is, is kind of the staple out there, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> um, that was tough for, I mean, a lot of people, like you said, this is a hockey town. Um, so when that news broke and it broke so quickly, I think everybody was kind of confused. Like everything is booming here. The teams are booming. The frozen four was here. The girls are in the NCAA tournament. Like there's just so much positive going in the right direction for this to happen was a little bit of a shock. Um, and I think that was the bottom line for us. Like, I think it was, um, Huntsville that was like, Hey, they got a warning, you know, like things aren't going great. And this might happen in a year. As far as what I read and what I heard, there was a little bit of a, a warning where we did not get that warning. So that night when everything happened, we all hopped on a Zoom call. Just It was like 100 alumni on there, men, women. And we're like, what's going on? How can we help? Can we help? And from that has kind of stemmed this foundation. But um, assuming that it was financial, we kind of just started getting on the horn like raising funds for the team and I think if that was the way that it was delivered and you know next year we're going to give you guys next year and then probably fold things up after that we would have been a little bit more open to the idea understanding that hockey is expensive and giving us a chance to save these teams that we all built and love um, and at least given us a chance to help if there was anything that we could have done. But I think the way it was done was confusing and a little bit upsetting for all of us that have put a lot of our life into it. Now, just to make sure that every that everybody understands, including myself, okay, I know that the players on both the men's and the women's team have hired a lawyer to uh, take this to court that is completely separate from you guys correct are you there yeah i'm here did okay. I, I yeah sorry we uh, might have cut out there for a second that's okay the the i know the players have hired an attorney to get some answers but yes. that has that's that's a separate issue correct that, that your uh, foundation is not just about, if I read it correctly, not just about Robert Morris? Uh, it's the Pittsburgh um, College Hockey Foundation. Okay. So, yeah. 
Um, our primary focus right now is Robert Morris. Right. So obviously, once we get these teams back, is to be, um, you know, hopefully the teams will just be, they will win this case. This is brought on by the players, and we get the teams back. This is best case scenario. Um, the players have put forth this, brought in the lawyers. They win. The teams are reinstated. Um, if they ever, what, what do they need now? You know, is it fundraising for a new rink? Was that the issue? Was the issue here? Was it there? And then we're just there in place to help sustain these teams and make sure this doesn't happen again. Mm -hmm. Um, but also in that it's where the, you know, Pittsburgh college hockey foundation. So that's not limited to Robert Morris. Okay. Um, now if I am correct and I have with my geography, and you are obviously going to be better at this than I am. Uh, Duquesne and the University of Pittsburgh are obviously in the neighborhood, correct? Am I missing anybody? Nope. Did we cut out again? Um, yeah, I love technology. Um, I think she's Brianna is still with us. Yeah, I can I can see on the app that she's trying. It just uh, we're not getting the sound through, so it might be a connection issue somewhere. We'll keep working on it here. Uh, Brianna, if you can hear us, just keep uh, keep talking or doing whatever you're doing, and and we'll see if we can get you back to where we can hear you. Um, is that but can so, you guys hear me? There, there you go. Yeah, there, there you, you go. go. Yeah, you're back. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. It's okay. It happens all the time. Uh, Bram, what I was going to say is that um, the ones that I felt immediate impact for were the players because two things. I mean, first you go through the pandemic, and we heard about the NCAA granting that extra year of eligibility for, for players and giving them a chance to play one more year because of it, which is all great. But that also creates a bind in, in, in those players that do choose that uh, they take up stalls from other players that might have been planning to come in, and we already know there's a lack of stalls, if you will, for NCAA men and women um, to have to have that opportunity. So I felt terrible for the players because what do you do now, right? I mean, that announcement came uh, after teams started gathering their rosters, and, geez, what do the players do? So you being so close to it, have you had to, to counsel on some of the players and at least uh, give them some advice if you could? Yeah. I mean, that was a, a question I got the other day. It was like, what's my main focus on this foundation? I was like, honestly, it's as an alumni more than anything, like just talking to these kids. Um, I've coached some of them. Um, there's one on the team that her dad was my strength coach on the national team. So I've known her since she had baby teeth <laughs> and uh, like, they're just crushed. You know, some of them have been able to find other places to go and some of them they're basically just saying goodbye to this hockey career that they've spent their whole life building and I'm sure I've been in their shoes I all I wanted was to play division one hockey and then to finally get there and get a little bit of a taste of it and then have it ripped from underneath you I can't imagine that and then like you said the the portals jam-packed just for, for COVID reasons and, and everything else. So the chances of finding another place to go are, are pretty slim for some of the kids. Um, I think we've had maybe a little less than half of the girls find somewhere else to go. Um, some of the incoming freshmen were able to go back to their teams that they came from. 
and try for somewhere else, but at least they have, you know, somewhere to play and, and continue their, their path to find something else. And I haven't really heard much on the men's side of those players being able to find another home. Yeah. I was only, I think I only saw that one player uh, on the men's side was able to, 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 to transfer somewhere else. Uh, at least it, yeah. I'm not saying that it hasn't happened. I'm just saying that's, I've only seen one. Yeah. And that's you, probably yeah, that you might be right. And that's probably the worst thing in all of this is that this happened so late that these players didn't have a chance. Yeah, that yeah, that was also on our list of everything that was <laughs> tough to swallow was the timing of it. Um even if it was in the beginning of the year, like, you know, COVID is just kind of trying to go away and, Hey, these are our struggles and we don't know what it's going to look like at the end of the year, but maybe start either the community and the alumni, like trying to help or, you know, in the meantime, try to find another place to play. I think that would have been you know, one of the things that Dr. Howard said in his press conference was there's no easy way to do this. And, and somebody had responded, but there's a better, <laughs> a better way. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> For sure. So, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, there, yeah, there is no easy way to do this, but, uh, as an alumni, I was just a little bit disappointed in having to watch some of these people that I really care about and a program that I really care about, um, dissolve without having a chance. So, so let me ask you this, Brianna, if you can. Um, you've been around that program, as you said, for a while now. Um, tell, tell everybody out here that might be listening to us in the Southwest or around the country, around the nation, uh, around Canada, everywhere. Tell us about Robert Morris Hockey before this. What were your facilities like? Um, I've seen your team play, the men's team anyway. Um, very good, very well coached. Um, so all of those things. But kind of give us a feel for what it was like before this announcement and and do you think that that finances were an issue from what you see, or was it the ice facility, or neither? Um, where do I start? Uh, when I first went there, I think we had four scholarships. Like they gave us about two T-shirts. <laughs> and, uh, you know, here's a sandwich for the bus for the ten-hour bus <laughs> trip. Like it was not a oh, a glorious it. thing, but. I will always, I will always, always say that that team was my favorite. I've played on some of the most talented, some of the most decorated, everything teams, and those Robert Morris teams were my favorite. We just, we, we had a chance to go in there at the very, very beginning and create a culture that we wanted and that we wanted to stick. And we, we didn't win hockey games, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, but we had such a good time and we were able to start fresh with this is what it's going to be like to be a Robert Morris hockey player. And this is this is the pride that you feel to put on the jersey. And I always remember that not only the team, but like outside of that, the athletic department, I didn't make it easy on them. I switched my major halfway through the second I got back on track. I made the national team. And like <laughs> shuffling around, I picked nursing, which is like the hardest thing to schedule around. <laughs> and everybody, everybody bent over backwards to make sure that 
not only was I successful in the classroom, but I was able to get the training that I needed and I was able to, um, you know, continue this dream of being on the national team and going to the Olympics. And I was proud in every interview I did with the USA Jersey on to talk about my experience at Robert Morris. Um, so that's what that has always meant to me. And I would say I met my husband there. We have two kids, like the list goes on and on about, um, and I know Logan feels that on the men's side as well, being able to start something fresh and, and see where it is. And that's ultimately why I chose to go there was to start something from nothing and see where it goes. And in my four years, we were maybe a little bit better, but not, not nothing to you know write home about. But we created that. I think my, my generation of people were, were creating that foundation and that's about it. We didn't put much in the trophy case. Um, but now look at them, you know, they've, they've got their regular season champs almost every single year. They, they've played in the championship for like four or five years in a row. They have three CHA championships, two NCAA appearances. I mean, they're, when you talk about Robert Morris, you think about the hockey programs. So I guess with all that being said, I don't think it was anything so, so, about the success of the programs. Okay, so success was there. Um, how about the facilities? Are, are the facilities adequate? Do they need to be upgraded? Is there issues with that? Or could that be a reason why? Was there, was there a lease issue? Anything like that that you might see that, that would have steered things uh, towards a point where, hey, we just have to shut the door on all this? No, I mean, I don't think the facilities would be any reason to completely give up on the programs. I think that's a battle within the staff, like for a recruiting standpoint. Um, I know with us or on the women's side, Logan would be talking to players and it's like, Oh, I'm deciding between Robert Morris and Wisconsin. And I'm like, first of all, rewind that. Like, did I ever think that I would see the day when players are thinking like, Oh, do I go to the, University of Wisconsin or Robert Morris and like that's just a testament to the the team and the coaching staff like the kind of environment that they create there is one that you want to be around and you believe in it and um, you know they've got everything that they could ever want at Wisconsin so if you're going to compare those two then no our facility is not Wisconsin it's not Penn State but that's a recruiting battle between the coaches and Sometimes they lost those battles, but a lot of times they didn't. Like we were winning those, we were getting those players, and that's why they've been successful. Um, I think if we we're going to move forward with these programs, if we get them back, then that would be a main focus is to find some funds to build something that's a little bit more comparable to the, the teams that we're recruiting against. Um, but again, I don't, it's, I don't see that as a reason why we would walk away from the programs because they've been successful in spite of what they're working with. Um, what was the community's reaction, not just specifically the Robert Morris community, but the reaction from the hockey community in general in Pittsburgh, when all of this went down, um, I, I can't imagine it was, it was, yeah, let's shut down the programs. Right. I mean, that would be nuts. Yeah, I think people that aren't even hockey people 
were like pulling us aside, like what's going on and like longtime supporters and alumni of the school. Like I, I had heard a bunch of that, like writing in letters and calling the school and uh, pulling their funding. And like, even if they weren't necessarily hockey fans, they just knew that it was the hockey programs are a big pride of the school. So it would make no sense to, to take that away. But uh, since I've graduated, I've, I have a facility at Robert Morris and I coach there. So I'm more in the, the youth community and like the phone calls and the text messages I was getting from these parents and these kids were just heart wrenching. Like I was going through my own little like grieving of, <laughs> of losing this thing that I lost and then getting pictures of these little tiny kids in Robert Morris jerseys and you know, they wanted to play for Robert Morris one day and like, it was horrible. How do you answer those? I know. I remember. If you can answer them. Yeah. I remember coaching the U10 Penn's elite team when I come back from my second Olympics and we were sitting there at dinner one night and they were all playing on their phones. So I took away all their phones and, <laughs> and made them play a game and right. you know, who wants to play college hockey and where do you want to play? And, there's this whole team of nine-year-olds saying that they wanted to play for Robert Morris. And I remember thinking that was so cool because that was not, you know, when I played there, it wasn't, people weren't like, oh, I want to play for Robert Morris. Like I went there because nobody else wanted me to play for them. <laughs> it was my only option. <laughs> so. Hey, sometimes that works out though, right? I mean, <laughs> I think you did okay, Brianne. I think you did okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and by the way, and, and, Maybe this was an a, an error on my part, Scott, um, and and I, I didn't want it to glide over uh, too much because we've been we want to focus on on, on Robert Morris, but uh, maybe uh, when we get a chance uh, another week, uh, maybe we can get Brienne to come back on and talk about her Olympic experiences. Um, uh, that would be if she would if be she, awesome. if she would be amenable to that at some point. Um, <laughs> I, you could say no, but I'm just uh, we we just didn't want people to think that uh, we are you know that 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 you've talked about being in the Olympics and winning a couple of silver medals and so forth and so on and playing professional hockey. We we didn't want people to think that uh, we were letting that slide. Um, because we wanted to make this about Robert Morris, but uh, hopefully uh, when we have, we have uh, uh, different shows that um, we can get you to come back on and talk about that, because that's an experience that very few people have and like to get some insight on what it's like to do that. So um, I just we wanted to make sure that do people... that. This actually works out. It's like past okay. my bedtime, but my kids are screaming <laughs> in the background. I'm like, well, I, I I'm totally hiding in my car that. right now because they were screaming. <laughs> I, I totally get that. You know, if this was the regular school year, it'd be past my bedtime too because I have to get up at 4.30. Uh, uh, I'm in Arizona, Brianne. I have no bedtime. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, I wanted to ask you now about the foundation. Um, so you guys formed the foundation. Um, what what point of the building are you at, and, and what are you looking to do at this point? And and the third part of that is, what can you do, or is there anything that you can do to bring this program and these programs back? Well, we have sent, the lawyers had sent the letter to the school, 
So we're waiting response for what they want to do. Um, the kids would want to, you know, stay out of an actual lawsuit, just try to work this out, but that's up to the school what they want to do. Um, us as a foundation is just, like I said, like, what do you guys need? Is it, is it funding? Is it like I talked about earlier? Like, do you just need someone to talk to about this? Um, Logan has helped a lot of the kids like reach out to some other schools and find other homes. So, um, I don't think we're focused on any one particular thing at the moment. Cause we're just kind of waiting to see what the next steps are. If any, uh, we're hoping that that letter to the school was maybe an uh, open conversation to get this, just get the teams back. So that's best okay. case scenario. So let me ask you this on the realistic side of things. And Paul, and Paul and I talked about this on a couple of shows ago, but, um, is this season, for all practical purposes, done? Uh, there's no way that you could put together a, a, a team and, and play either on the men's and women's side this year? Or is there still some time left where if you were able to get together with the, the school and, and the president and get things worked out that, that you could still feel the team? Where do you stand right now as far as that goes? Um, I think as far as a roster goes, like we talked about, the, the men are all there for the most part, they're kind of at a standstill waiting um, if we're going to be able to get these teams back or not. So I don't think from a player standpoint, we're okay. Cause even though we've lost like all of our, our starting goalie, our couple, our top scorers and top D on the girls side, um, there's a, a transfer portal full of people looking for a place to go. But <laughs> on the flip side of that, the scheduling, I would assume everybody has taken Robert Morris out of their schedule and found other competition. So I would love to say that we'd be a go and we can just throw the teams back together again, but I don't, I would have to lean towards this season is out and we'd have to focus on getting everything back organized for the following year. Um, even from like an equipment standpoint, I'm sure all of that was already canceled and sold. And <laughs> so, I don't think they have any gear to wear for the season. <laughs> They'd be, be out there practice gear. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so from the conference standpoint, what have you heard from your conferences? Uh, are they uh, are they waiting on you? Have they moved forward? Do you know yet? I believe everybody has just moved forward as if Robert Morris is done. Okay, that's so real tears affect- that I'm shedding here, folks. That's real tears. Yeah, ho- that, hopefully that's just sad. You know, that, that can be changed in the future um, because this is I, – I, I admit this is my own personal opinion, but this is an absolute joke. Um, everything that I've read and heard um, uh, points to – and this is strictly my opinion because I don't want to get anybody in trouble – a shady deal. And I don't expect you to answer that, Brianne, but um, just just so you know where we stand uh, on, on this, on, on, on our series of podcasts, uh, that's the impression that has been given to me by what I've looked into. And uh, I, I would say, hey, Mr. University President, uh, show me where we're wrong. But like I said, I don't expect you to, to, to reply to that, so don't worry about it. 
<laughs> Brian, uh, I know it's a tough situation for you. Um, I, I appreciate your time. I know Paul appreciates your time and coming on. And we definitely want to have you back and talk Olympic stuff. Uh, I get a chance to run into Lindsay Fry out here quite a bit, and we, we share <laughs> Olympic moments with Lindsay. And, um, um, you know, just to talk about that, tomorrow night we got David Hoff coming on, the, uh, the head coach of the uh, men's sled team that just won gold. So, uh, oh, yeah. w- we got some time in the summer to talk about it. So whenever you want to come on and, and, <laughs> and talk about Olympic hockey uh, and especially Olympic women's hockey, we want to do it. Okay. For sure. Yeah. Thanks. All right. That's Brianne McLaughlin, uh, from the, let me see if I can get this right. The Pittsburgh college hockey foundation. Am I right, Brianne? Yep. You got it. All right. Yeah, let's get the support out there, folks. Uh, you know, Paul and I are a hundred percent for getting more stalls and keeping more programs and building more programs. That's why we're excited about LIU, Lindenwood, uh, trying to save Huntsville and Alaska. And Robert Morris is right in there with that group. So we need hockey in the Pittsburgh area. We need NCAA hockey in the Pittsburgh area. So let's get it done, okay? Brianne, thanks for sharing your time Thank with you. us tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. No problem, Absolutely. anytime. All right, folks, uh, you heard it. Robert Morris is uh, – is not completely over yet. They're still working to save that program. And uh, Paul and I are going to take a quick break. We'll come back and wrap up another episode of College Hockey Southwest Weekly in three minutes. Ask any hockey player in the desert Southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available, too, for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates. You can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. You're listening to College Hockey Southwest Weekly.
All right, we're back. College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you from beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona, where it's a toasty 115 again today. Nice. And Paul Hornstein, my longtime co-host out on beautiful Long Island, New York, who's who's chomping, ch- chomping in. Uh, or, did I say that right? No, you're, 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 you're doing something. You're jumping in. How about that? You're jumping in on the high temperatures because I know that you love 115. I am all about it, baby. Give me that 115 in July and August, and you can have your. And real close to monsoon season, and, and that's yeah, the time of the year that's enjoyable what, out here. What, uh, when you get those what, thunderstorms. Five, seconds? Yeah, you love those. Uh, as long as they don't do any damage, we're okay. Um, okay, so as always, uh, your thoughts on, on Brian McLaughlin and uh, good point. We, uh, we steered away a little bit from her Olympic career, her hockey career, her great hockey career. Yeah. Um, it, it took me a little while. So you, you sent me uh, who we were going to have on cause you lined this one up. Right. And, uh, and when you sent me your name, I'm going, that name rings a bell and was about, uh, I don't know, mid afternoon when I it sunk into me who we were going to be talking to. So, Great job of uh, keeping it on Robert Morris because that's the focus tonight anyway. And yeah, absolutely, great job absolutely, by Brianne as well. And 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 she and and like I said, she mentioned it. I'm like, wait, 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 what? Wait, wait, what? And I'm like, holy smokes! I'm not going to deny it. I'm not going to lie. Um, but um, uh, it was great having somebody uh, from there. Uh, and you can't get any more from there than than she is right she's on the first women's team <laughs> yeah right i mean you, you can't get and, and and the men's program started about the same time so you can't get any more from there to go from, from, from by the way from a startup program to olympic silver medals i mean holy geez i mean um so you know where her heart lies and it was pretty obvious and like i said i i you have to know when you have a, a topic like this that somebody's not always going to be able to answer a question the way they want to. Oh, yeah, for sure. So we got good answers and we got, you know, heartfelt answers, which is really all you can ask for. And what, but the, the thing I think where the healing process, and they say this all the time, the healing process starts when the talking starts. I mean, there was frustration, anger, and I'm sure there still is for a lot of people. But until you start talking and getting to the bottom of things, and I think you and I have talked about it multiple times on our various two podcasts, that uh, all we want to know is why, right? Why now? Why did you choose this? What was the real reason? And uh, is there any hope for fixing it? And I think by the sounds of, of Brianne, they're, they're really is still back in the school's court, right? Or well, end of the ice, as we should say. Yeah, well, I don't. I don't think there's any question about it. I don't think the 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 president of the university has given anybody a reasonable answer. They weren't losing money. Maybe they weren't making as much money as they wanted to. They weren't losing money, and they certainly didn't give anybody a chance. If they were worried about that, if he was legitimately worried about that. As to, um, to 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 fundraise, yeah, to rectify which apparently, which apparently was not an issue. 
It doesn't appear that once, way. I once, mean, once, once the call went out, that apparently was not the issue. Right. So, and, so we still don't know the real reason of why Robert Morris uh, University is not having a hockey season this year. And I, I wanted to get that kind of from her because I figured she would know. But it, it sounds like um, it would be really no matter what happens, they just it, couldn't play this year. There's, it, it would be really hard at this point. Oh yeah, of course. That, I mean, yeah. I mean, and we were you know, talking about the other day is how do you, you know, the other the conferences and the other teams in the conference can't wait around forever. No, no. And you know, it's July, and uh, more and more teams are releasing their schedules. So obviously, uh, whatever has happened has, you know, or was going to happen. It's it's getting, you know more and more in terms of uh, there are fewer and fewer schools that have not released their schedules yet. So, I mean, what do you, at this point, what do you do? At this point, there's not a lot that can be done. Okay, we got a few minutes left. I think we okay. got to jump back into the ASU schedule to wrap it up because uh, it's a big day whenever a schedule comes out. We only have four NCAA teams uh, in our coverage area right now. And, um, you know, we got a good time with uh, Denver getting their stuff out and Colorado College. So now it's ASU's turn, and we, we talked about it. Is there anything, Paul, on that schedule that, that you might have been slightly surprised about? Uh. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's not any, there are no Big Ten teams on this schedule. That is the point that came to me directly. Okay. Uh, um, I know they're holding off until that uh, new building's done. And by the way, I went there and saw that, and I'm going to put pictures up tonight. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, uh, the next time we get Coach on, I'm not going to ask him for a specific date, obviously, because he's not going to be able to tell me. But he, he, he would be able to tell us uh, where on the schedule timeline the building is. And I think it's ahead of schedule, but Boy, you know, uh, that was early when, when he said that to us the last time. So here, Here's what I've, I've just been doing math on this stuff, Paul, and, and looking at other arenas. And that building up in Las Vegas, uh, the 6,000-seat arena for the Henderson Silver Knights, Rob and I were talking about on last night's show, that, that already has um, – Dates booked for March of 2022. So okay. they're going to have other events, not hockey, but other events in there. And I asked Rob, I said, Rob, would it surprise you if uh, down the stretch, the Henderson Silver Knights um, jumped over from Orleans to uh, their new building in April, maybe for playoffs in May? And he said, absolutely not. He said, you remember where they went to play their uh, their AHL final <laughs> games? Right. They, they went to the T-Mobile Arena. Right. So, uh, so that being said, I think that is also ahead of schedule, and and just from a bird's eye view, and you saw the photos I sent them to you. Um, to me, that that's five months since I started taking pictures, and they made a lot of improvements in five months. And now you're talking about if this is really an 18 month, and that's about what everybody tells me is the deal. It's an 18 month build. So if we're five months in, roughly. Uh, and you're looking at 13 months, do the math, that looks like around August. So I would think late August, early September, um, you're going to start seeing some ice in that place. Well, here, here's hoping. I mean, uh, the, the, obviously, the faster they can get it done, 
uh, will impact next year's schedule in terms of when they play home games. Um, there's, as I look at this schedule, um, the, like I said, there are some really good high quality games on this schedule. Um, some of them I, I hope to even get to be at, um, hopefully be you, um, Although my my uh, Twitter buddy Nathan Fast is hoping that I'll come up there for the RIT <laughs> game, uh, my buddy's son goes to the school there. So, but uh, um, and the same thing with uh, maybe the Quinnipiac games uh, in the middle of November. But I know I'm also being asked to come out for the homecoming football game the week before. So I don't know how my kids would take that. Um, <laughs> kids are dogs. Well, the kids because of the dogs. So, um, but okay, so... there's no so there's no Big Ten teams on here, and I know Jess Myers said something about that on his Twitter feed. Um, that it was quote unquote interesting. There's no Big Ten teams on the schedule for a quote unquote team that was given a quote unquote dry run to be an affiliate member, but at the same time. Denver and Colorado College are the only NCHC teams on this schedule. Yeah, I, I, you know, let's be honest. A- ASU is still an independent. They I still have uh, have to find games wherever they can find games. And, I get that. Uh, and then also take into consideration, we know Coach Power's affinity for helping out other programs. You see it. He's bringing LIU in. He's bringing um, Lindenwood in. He's going oh, yeah, to like Alaska said, and bringing Alaska. Get into that. I can't wait for that. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna, show. it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Uh, we'll we'll leave that for a really good one, and we'll probably have to find some really good guests. But I will go after Rick Zombo now that he's on the schedule for ASU. I'll reach out to him <laughs> and find out what his plans are, and uh, I think that'll be that'll be fun. We've got great guests coming up uh, all along. Uh, as I mentioned, David Hoff, the head coach of the USA gold medal winning men's Olympic sled team is coming on tomorrow. He's going to join us. World and, championship. Uh, and yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to, we're going to bring him on and talk about it. I've known David for a long time, small town, Northern uh, North Dakota, Botano, North Dakota is where David's from. And uh, there's so many things to talk about. It was just fun to reconnect with him. And I, and I talked a couple of times this week uh, via text message and emails. And um, we're really looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to finding out how you, go about coaching because he's, he's still the athletic director and the head hockey coach, high school hockey coach in Botano. So uh, it's got to be different to coach sled athletes than it is, uh, you know, just the normal hockey player, I guess you would say. But, man, oh, man, what a performance they put on. I know he had a, a guy on TV on the 4th of July. He was going to come on the 4th of July with us, but they had a uh, – It was the 4th uh, of July. Uh, yeah, they had a guy doing – one of their players doing a TV, a national TV interview – and everybody wanted to watch, and then they all wanted to get together and do a Zoom afterwards and talk about it. So, over um, us, I don't understand that. <laughs> yeah, hard to believe, right? Yeah, exactly. uh, <laughs> okay, so now if you look at our webpage, we're going to have Colorado College, Denver, Arizona State. We're just waiting on Air Force. It can't be far away, can it? Uh, I wouldn't think so. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know, but you wouldn't think so. Uh, by the way, um, can Congratulations to Paige for getting that first video out uh, officially. <laughs> yeah, that was cool, wasn't it? That was Each very high and low tech at the same time. Oh, uh, it was, was cool. Great. It was oh, so I, cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, well um, done. And we got a little uh, roster preview with numbers. <laughs> yes, we did. We uh, did. If, you, if you didn't notice it, uh, all the players uh, were identified by their name and number <laughs> on the top yeah. upper left-hand corner of the video. Go back uh, and watch it. <laughs> so we now know that uh, Tim Theocharitis is going to be number 44. Colin I love it. Thiessen 44. is going to be 63. Yeah, I love it. Um, I Jack love it. Jensen uh incoming fr- is 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 going to be uh number 18 and him and 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 Tim with the only with the quote unquote normal numbers um <laughs> I love uh, it I Jack love Becker it. the transfer from 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 Michigan is going to be wearing 72 <laughs> and um Josh is Josh Don has decided to reverse his father's number and wear 91 I love it. I love it. I so, love it. It's going to be fantastic. I can't wait for the hockey season to get started. A uh, couple things I want to throw out there before uh, you conclude things for us here tonight. But um, we are on a drive, folks, to hit 10,000 followers on Twitter. I know it's a lofty goal, but I also know it can be done. Um, hockey teams all the time come into existence and immediately jump up the numbers. So we want to help out. Um, we want your help, I should say, to help us get to uh, those numbers that we need to help grow the game of hockey like we've been continuing to do for the past six years. So check out any one of our five Twitter sites. I know that's a lot, but it covers different areas, and it gives us the opportunity to not let things get kind of messed up. If we're doing ACHA, we want you to find it at ACHA underscore ITHSW on Twitter. If you're doing NCAA, we want you to find us at College Hockey SW uh, on Twitter. If we're doing... AHL, it's AHL underscore ITHSW. So, so that's my point. Let's uh, let's get on there. It takes one click, and uh, and you get us a, a follower. And um, we're so excited about it. We think that we can get all five of our Twitter accounts to ten thousand by the start of the season. And I'm calling the start of the season October one. So, if we get there by October one, uh, we are currently working with some partners. We're going to give away some great hockey prizes. And I tell you. They're great hockey prizes. So tell your friends, uh, everybody that's on and following us on October 1, if we reach that goal of 10,000, um, your name is going to be in the hat to uh, to win something really, really good from, from a couple of our big sponsors. So we're looking forward to it. That is the, uh, the first thing. The second thing that I want to throw out there is the store is up on our page. If you go to icetimehockeysw.com, uh, scroll over to the right side of the page and scroll down just slightly, you will see the uh, – the team store where you can go in and purchase any of our uh, logo products. You pick the logo, you pick the color, uh, you put it on a hat, a beanie, a t-shirt, polo shirt. Uh, we have the Under Armour uh, hockey jackets, which are really cool. Uh, you can get them all direct and have them sent out to you. All right, Paul, take it away. College Hockey Southwest Weekly has been brought to you by Summer Skates. Playing on the ice is heating up and so is the weather. It makes it more important to keep those drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Behind the mask at its three Valley locations, in line or on ice, we are the go-to place for all of your hockey needs. See us at behindthemask.com. By OxyPow. Visit our full line of natural cleaning products at oxypow.com. By Burrito Express. Our family recipes to your table. The place in the East Valley for great taste and great value. UNLV Hockey, 
ACHA Division I hockey, world-class education, and a destination city. M-Drive, help your immune system building lean muscle mass and make it through the day without the afternoon crash. Go to mdriveformen.com and see how our high-protein, low-carb start shakes can work for you. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, three-time winner of the Best of Las Vegas Award for the Best in Barbecue. Stop in for lunch at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Boost Mobile, you choose, you save. Mix and match any line to create your own family plan with prices as low as $15 a line per month. And by the NCHC and NCHC.TV. History, Blue Bloods, Upstarts, the NCHC has it, and NCHC.TV has you covered. Go to NCHC.TV and subscribe. College Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. College Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the IceTimeHockeySW.com network. All right, very well done, my friend. Our thanks tonight to uh, Brianne McLaughlin, the uh, McLaughlin, I should say, the um, on the board of directors for the new foundation, the Pittsburgh College Hockey Foundation, uh, working to save not only Robert Morris, but to help out any college uh, program out in the Pittsburgh area. So uh, congratulations to them for, for getting involved, getting the foundation going, and uh, congratulations to uh, Brianne for her outstanding Olympic career and, and hockey career. And a big thank you for coming on our show. So we appreciate that. Uh, Big news today was the ASU schedule is out. The Sun Devils now officially are ready to get after it and uh, look for another tournament berth and beyond. And uh, Paul and I will continue to break it down for you tomorrow night. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly with uh, Stephen Marsh and myself. We have David Hoff, the head coach from the USA gold medal winning Olympic um, (laughs) <laughs> not Olympic, World, World Championship. Championships. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got to get that straight. World Championships for Team USA, the sled team. Uh, David will be joining us tomorrow night. We'll be back at our regular time, 6.30 p.m. Um, Pacific time, 7.30 p.m. Mountain, and wherever Paul's at, 9.30 p.m. Yeah, Eastern time, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's Eastern time. Yeah. <laughs> don't mess with my time zones. Please don't mess uh, with my time zones. You're good enough at doing that on your own. You don't need any help. <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. Good night.